Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. Hey friends, welcome here to another episode of the Uncommon Lunchbox with your host, Chris Craddock, myself, Jeff Safright. Today we have on special guest, Paul Ross, to talk about subtle words that sell. And uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and introduce Paul a little bit further here and let's jump into today. Yeah, so um, NLP is something that I know a lot of folks have talked about over the years. And um you know, I do know that words have meaning and a lot of times people don't understand the, uh, the power of what we say, you know, and I say that to my kids all the time is what you say matters and we do believe it, but oftentimes we don't make decisions like that when we are, uh, in our appointments, working with sellers or buyers or whoever we're working with. So it's really important for us to really understand that. And so this morning, I'm really excited to to listen in, understand, you know, some of the ways that we can use this to, um, to sell and just, just be better at our craft. And the last thing I'll say is this it, real estate and sales really is a craft. It's a language. And my, uh, you know, my, I, I've got a four year, a five, well, now she's five and she uses the wrong words sometimes, right? We know she's using the wrong words, but she doesn't know she's using the wrong words. And oftentimes uh, we use the wrong words when we're selling and you don't realize it until, except for the fact that if you didn't get the deal, if they didn't sign with you, if they didn't work with you, you probably use the wrong words. You know, that's probably it. If they work with somebody else, you definitely use the wrong words. So that's one of those pieces there for us to really understand at a high level. So with that said, let's turn it over to Paul. Paul, share with us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you. And this is something that's not in my one sheet. I like to sort of spring it on the hosts as a way of exciting conversation. I actually started out not as a salesperson, but as of all things, a dating and seduction coach. And through this career of huh? You were no, hit. It's terrible. More like Tom Cruise and Magnolia. Did you see that movie? I don't know that I have. Jeff yeah, well, he played the character based on me, believe it or not. And so what I had to figure out as a very young man in my 20s and then going into my late 20s, a guy who couldn't get a date is something's wrong. Something's wrong with the words I'm using to communicate with myself to create these horrible states of shame and fear and lack of confidence. And also something's wrong in the way I'm communicating with the opposite sex to make them attracted to me. So nothing worked, I tried everything. And then I stumbled on NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. I thought, aha, I can find a solution to this problem. And so uh, it's a long story about how I used that, but I actually wound up getting my first girlfriend. I thought, why am I working as a paralegal? I could teach other guys to do this. Because if you stop and think about it, a sale is essentially a date or a seduction. You've got to do your prospecting. You've got to do your qualifying. You've got to do your sales presentation, present your marketing plan. You've got to overcome uh, objections do your trial close and hopefully get referrals. So it, I only say it partway facetiously, but it really is the same kind of thing. So cut to the chase. 
way back around 2006, I started getting emails with guys sending me pictures of their family and their kids and saying, thank you, you changed my life. And by the way, I've been using your stuff for sales and I've been doubling and tripling my income. So I thought, oh, let's go back to my mad scientist language lab and figure out how I can map this over into selling. And that's basically how I came up with this subconscious sales advantage is what I call my system. And since then, I've been teaching people who are already really good. I take people who are already doing pretty good. They've found that sweet spot, but they know they could do better. And then people who are already excellent, but they want to crush their best days. This is my joy. This is what I love to do because I'm in love with language. And you're right. It does have tremendous power. Tremendous power. I, we'll give some demonstrations here, if it's okay with you, of some specific things that your audience can run out and use and see immediate results, because I don't like just theory. Theory is great. Results are what move people into action. Right. No, that's great. So so tell us a little bit, um, you know, I've just, I've been involved with uh, NLP and in, in a couple different facets, um, but I, I remember hearing about it for the first time and I just didn't know much about it. So can you share with us uh, just for, for the person that knows nothing about NLP, doesn't even know what it stands for, any of that. Can you kind of walk us through what it is? At, at I, a yeah, I can. I don't want to get into a deep dive discussion of NLP. I'd rather teach my applications of, of how I use it. But very basically, it's the study of how language shapes human behavior, structures consciousness, shapes decisions, and drives behavior. Because here's my first mic drop for all you real estate people out there. You're never selling real estate. You're never selling a product or service. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. So I'll say it again, you're never selling real estate. You're not selling yourself. You're selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. And people make most of their decisions on the subconscious level. So if you know how to address your words to the subconscious mind of your prospects, then you're more likely to get the results that, that you want to get than not. So that's the first little teaching I give. That's fundamentally what NLP is about. You can use it to shape, excuse me, let me adjust my camera just a little bit, to shape the decisions of your prospects, but also your own decisions. That's fundamentally what it is. There's tons of techniques. We could do a three-week lecture, which I don't want to do. I don't, I don't want to take too deep a dive into that subject. Yeah. No, that's great. All right. Well, so basically you're saying, you know, NLP is using words to shape the outcome. Um, so, yeah. Well, do you want to jump into what uh, uh, you want to jump in to what your applications are, what you teach about sure. your Sure. Well, let's get to the basic concepts first. Basic concept number one, you're never selling products or your product or service. You're never selling real estate. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. Now, here is the thing. Your prospects, generally speaking nowadays, don't trust their ability to make a good decision. It used to be the case that you have to get people to know, like, and trust you. Would you agree that's important, right, to get people to know, like, and trust you? Nowadays, that's not enough. Now you've got to get people or lead people to trust themselves that they can make a good decision because people no longer do. That's because of a few reasons. Number one, they're distracted. I don't know if everyone is watching this or some people are listening, but for those who are only listening, 
I'm holding up a cell phone. They are distracted by an overwhelming bombardment of things pulling on their attention. They're distracted, they're overwhelmed, and they have too many options. Too many options bombarding them, flying their way. And when that happens, people no longer can make a good decision and they don't trust they can make a good decision. So now the selling process has another layer, another level to it. I don't think anyone else has been pointing this out. If, if you're only getting your prospects to know, like, and trust you, you're in the game. But if you're not on some level getting them to trust that they're making a good decision, trust their own decision-making ability, then you're leaving some deals on the table and you're leaving it up to accident as to whether they're going to trust themselves or not. Does that make some sense? Yeah. yeah. That's the first big one. The second one is whatever you can get your prospects to imagine for themselves will be perceived by them as being their own thought and therefore they won't resist it. That's the second one. So let me unpack that. If I said, if I said, let's say someone says, why should I hire you to be my listing agent? Right? The typical thing would be, well, here's our marketing plan. Let me show you. I've sold these many number of properties in your neighborhood at this price and blah, 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 blah. You'd start giving them facts, data, and figures, correct? Sure. Yeah. Pretty much basically it. Instead, I would use language that's deliberately vague. I would say, well, Mr. Smith, I can't be the one to decide for yourself all the reasons why you might find yourself doing that. But before that takes place, let's go through the marketing plan so you can be sure a great decision is being made. Now, this is a huge amount of what sounds like gobbledygook coming out of my mouth, but it follows a basic principle, which is being deliberately vague. See, contrary to what everyone else says, I think there's times in the sale where you should not make the message clear, where by being deliberately vague, the prospect will fill in the blanks for themselves. So if I say before, let's talk about this, this discussion right here. If I say, before we begin this exploration of the world of subconscious communication together, I'm not sure all the points where you'll find yourself getting really excited, but I just wanna invite you to please share the questions that naturally arise when a great learning is taking place. That sounds so vague and so ambiguous, but I'm not telling you at what point you'll find yourself getting excited, what you'll get excited about, how you're gonna know you're excited about it, I'm just suggesting it through very vague language. When you're vague in your language, instead of being specific, your prospect fills in the blank for themselves. Does that make some kind of sense to you? Sure, yeah. You know, I love uh, biographies and documentaries. And one of them, um, you know, I, I don't know if you've studied much of Eisenhower, but that was one of his big things that uh, was, was really crazy was Eisenhower would speak on topics that were really controversial. And he would speak for a while and, and essentially say nothing. And nobody would understand what he was saying, but it sounded very presidential. And then as they like picked it apart, realized he was really just being massively vague. So it, it makes sense that in the sales process, because yes. that's what yes. he was doing, was selling America. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a time to be specific. When you present the numbers, you have to be specific. But prior to presenting the numbers, I'll put it to you this. Let me give you a metaphor. This is not a trick question. Let's say I wanna conduct an electric current. I have a sheet of gold foil and a sheet of cardboard, all right? Let me work this with my camera, it's a new camera. 
sheet of cardboard, sheet of gold foil. Which one of those is going to conduct the electricity, the sheet of cardboard or the gold foil? It's not a trick question. Foil. The foil, the gold foil. Exactly. So consider your prospect state of mind to be like the conductive medium. Do you want them in the cardboard state of being unfocused, skeptical, cynical, having 10 other people tugging at them to give them the listing or, or the offer, et cetera? Or do you want them in that gold foil state of being focused, of wanting to believe you, of being eager to listen to what you have to say? And my claim is before you think about what your presentation is going to be, first ask yourself, what state of mind do I want my prospect to be in so they receive my facts, data, and figures through that state of mind? Is that making sense? Do I sure. need to unpack that? So I teach my, my VIP clients, my students to say, all right, how do I create states of focus? How do I create states where they trust themselves? How do I create a state where they actually want to see me win? And my outrageous claim, my crazy claim, my bat bleep crazy claim is that you can learn to create these states in your prospects very, very quickly. So that skepticism, that cynicism, and most importantly, that lack of focus and trust in themselves is removed very, very quickly. After that, you can do your standard sales techniques. See, there's, if you have standard sales techniques that are working up to a point, there's nothing wrong with that. My claim is if you're not using the power of subconscious language, subconscious communication, and if you're not teaching, educating your clients on the unconscious level to trust their ability to make a good decision, then you're leaving tons of money on the table and you're doing too much work. I'm lazy and I love money. So I don't want those other outcomes. Yeah, no doubt. So, so the main thing, if somebody really wants to start diving deep into understanding this, this piece, um, I, I guess, where do people start and, and really understanding how to, to rethink what they're communicating when they're communicating? Well, let's start with some specifics because I think this has been too general a conversation. Let me unpack and start giving you some specifics. That'd be great. So one of the most powerful things I teach is deliberately breaking rapport and confusing your clients. This is totally contrary and totally bat bleep crazy. People are probably thinking, what the hell are you talking about, Paul? Breaking rapport, confusing your clients. As a matter of fact, it's a very powerful hypnotic principle. I am a hypnotist called the pattern interrupt. You see, people are generally speaking very rigid in the way they think, feel, respond to the world. People respond in fixed and rigid patterns uh, in terms of how they think, feel, act, behave, etc. When you break those patterns, they become very suggestible. I'll give you a very quick story, under a minute. Back when I was a dating coach, I had a client ask me to take him out for an evening. I said, I don't do that. So I'll give you $10,000 cash. He dumps the $10,000 cash in my lap, comes to my place. I said, let's go. I take him to a restaurant and they have an outdoor patio area where people meet and mingle. And this guy proceeds to get shot down like you would not believe. Gets drinks thrown in his face, slapped. After 90 minutes, have you ever been so embarrassed for someone that you couldn't take it, that you had to pull them out, that, that you got ashamed for them? Yeah. Occurred yeah. to you? I couldn't yeah. take it. He had a thick hide and kept smiling. I couldn't take it. I pulled him out of there. We're waiting for our cabs. This is way before Uber. 
And I see a lovely lady across the driveway. I said, look, there's a lovely young lady waiting for her cab. For some reason, it went in the wrong way. And she got furious. She proceeded to curse at me and say things that would make a sailor blush. My student got very angry. He went to charge at her and I stopped him. I said, no, look at her. She's someone's daughter. She's someone's sister. She's someone's best friend somewhere. She's deeply loved. Now she burst into tears, came running over to me, threw her arms around me and said, that's the most loving thing I've ever heard. I've never felt so much love in my heart for someone. Thank you, wasn't your fault, blah, 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 blah. What happened there? I interrupted her pattern. What was she expecting me to do when she was screaming at me? She was expecting me to either yell back or to apologize or to slink away. I didn't do any of those things. I broke her pattern by doing something unexpected. I took her from rage and hating me to loving me in the space of 60 seconds. Now let's bring this principle down to the ground for our real estate agents out there. All right. So let's say someone says, I don't want to pay so high a commission. You ever hear that objection or objections like that? Why should I pay a commission that high? I'm going to give you an answer right now, right here, word for word. And here it is. Well, Mr. Prospect or Miss Prospect, with the right agent, you're not paying a commission. You're investing in skills. Maybe you'll get lucky with a bargain basement choice, but do you really want to Gamble with the most important asset of your life, your home. Do you like that reframe? Sure. Yeah. With the right agent, you're not paying a commission. You're investing in skills. So we're interrupting the pattern. What they're expecting us to do is to argue about why the commission is going to bring them a, a better performance on our part, et cetera, et cetera. They're expecting that. We're doing a complete reframe and breaking their pattern, which makes them extremely suggestible. So I know Tony Robbins talks about pattern interrupt. I, I think yeah. this, that's really interesting because he yeah. talks about it in breaking bad habits that we have on our own. And so that kind of pattern interrupt is more than just even our language skills, but just even you know lifestyle and habit skills. So yeah, that's, that's really a powerful, a powerful tool. Really and we can interrupt our own patterns. So for example, if your pattern is, eh, I'm just not a good, I'm just not good at doing closing. I'm just not a good closer. That may be one of your limiting beliefs. So I wanna give out three magic words you can use right now. I don't like the word magic, but three very powerful words to reprogram your subconscious mind. Those words are up until now. Up until now, it was my experience that I was not a high ticket closer or a bit or a high high ticket closer hold on one second guys i apologize i have uh cats who run the house and one kitty wanted to use her box i'm so sorry that's how things work so when you put the words up until now in front of something it acknowledges that yes there's been a problem but it implies that the problem is in the past it doesn't pretend that you know that you never had the problem. The traditional solution to a limiting belief when you say, I'm not a good, uh, good closer, is to just repeat, I am a good closer, I am a good closer, I am a good closer. But the problem with that is you have all these negative statements battling with the positive ones and change just starts to feel so like an internal civil war. 
Does that make sense? So yes. instead, by acknowledging with those words up until now, you bind the problem in the past. And you also make it about the skill that you've been lacking, not about who you are as a person. I can tell you as a hypnotist, it's relatively easy to change people's beliefs about skill. It's very difficult to change their beliefs about their identity. So, yeah, I guess like it's meant, it's in our like mental hardware that we're just kind of, you know, yeah, just formed in a way to, to, so changing the identity absolutely has to break us free from the way we think. And, and I love the idea of that pattern interrupt both for, for yourself, but also for the other client, for the client. So, so you're talking in terms of, you know, cause, cause there's a, usually a handful of times where there can be some sort of, I guess, a place where they're, they're in it. You know, one, when you talk commission two when you talk about signing. So, I mean, I'd be, I'd be curious if somebody says, Hey, I need to think about it. Uh, I, I got the answer to that. Are you ready? Yeah. This is going to increase everybody's sales by 15%. I'm giving it away for free. I got to tell you why I have to do this because what I teach is so off the wall, so out there. It is not something you get off the shelf and it's so counterintuitive. The only way I'm going to get people to want to continue to connect with me is if I prove it to them by giving them. So here it is. Just say to me, I need more time to think it over. Just role play. Okay. Hit me with it. Uh, I need, you know, it sounds great, but I, I just need to think about it. I mean, it's, it sounds great though. I understand. May I ask a question? Have you ever taken a long time to think something over and it still turned out to be a terrible decision? Maybe it's not about time, but about the clarity you need to recognize. You really can move forward today. So thinking about it like that, what do we really need to put on the table so you can see a great decision is being made? Do you can, you can you say that one more time? Yeah, I can. But you first, I will, word for word. But do you see the pattern interrupt? This is called a meaning reframing in NLP. What they're doing, what they're saying is, I need to take time because I've, I'm afraid I might lose. And what I'm doing, saying is, if you take more time, it's a guarantee you will lose. It's called a counterexample. This is something I uniquely teach. There's five different ways I teach to destroy objections, but counterexamples are one of my favorites. So you say, I need more time to think it over. And I say, I understand. Have you ever taken a long time to think something over and it still turned out to be a terrible decision? That's a universal. Everyone has experienced that. I've experienced it. You've experienced it. You've experienced it. Everyone in the audience watching and listening has experienced it. So immediately it, they can no longer hold that objection. In, in effect, it creates obje uh, objection amnesia. That objection falls to the ground. And really it's never about time, guys. We know this. That's a smoke screen, that's a stall. It's usually because they're confused or they don't understand. And here's the thing, when the prospects are confused or don't understand, they're not going to tell you because they don't want to look stupid. People don't want to look stupid. So when you say, maybe notice the follow-up. We say, maybe it's not about time, but about the clarity you need to recognize. And here's the suggestion. You can move forward today. Thinking about it like that, what do we need to get out on the table to make sure you feel good moving ahead? And now they can explain. Now you've given them permission to say what the real problem is. 
as long as it stays a smokescreen or a stall, you can't really deal do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. So you're breaking the pattern, erasing the objection, creating amnesia for it. Reframing this is about a need for clarity. And if they need clarity, the deeper implication is you are the one who's leading them to the clarity and therefore you're someone they can trust. So you're rolling in a whole bunch of things, bam, 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 in the space of two sentences. Yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting. I like that a lot um, as far as like just uh, reframing it and, and go, on, go on that piece. So that, yeah, no, that's great. So have you ever heard this one? Uh, I'm giving away the gold, but what the hell? I, I want people to understand that this is something where they can stop and think to themselves, I got to get more Paul. So here's another one. I need to talk it over with my spouse. You've heard that one, correct? Yeah. 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 Now, this is a, uh, a set of objection to stories that I uniquely came up with it. I call it dismissive frames. You don't need to know what that means, but it's a dismissive frame. It starts with the word, of course. So if someone says, I need to talk it over with my spouse, I say, of course you do. It's important they also get on board with us so they can see all the reasons this is a great decision. So thinking about like that, what would be the most comfortable way to get a hold of them right now? So notice what we're saying. We're saying, of course you do. It's important they also get on board with us. What's the implication? The implication is that you, the salesperson, and the prospect are on the same team. Now it's about you and them simply needing to get the other person to agree that this is a great decision. It's important they also get on board with us so they can see all the reasons. When I say all the reasons, what does that imply? It implies there are many reasons. Do you see how we're implying it? We're using implication. We're implying that the, pro the objecting prospect and, and we are on the same team. We're implying there are many good reasons that it's a good decision. And then we're simply saying, what would be the most comfortable way to get them to get in touch with them right now or roll them into this discussion right now. You see how that works? It's much better than the conventional ways of doing it because you're pattern interrupting and you're implying things. When you interrupt and you imply things without saying them, this is why I say again, do not make the message clear. Accept it. So there's selective points in the sales where you should make the message clear. But oftentimes there are points in the sale where you do not make the message clear. You need to imply things. Whatever you imply, the prospect will interpret for themselves. Right. No, it's crazy sense. stuff, I know. No, it's, it's great. That's great. Well, very cool. Well, I know we, uh, we usually end at the top of the hour. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Sure. So I have put together a report called Invisible Influence. It is a five-part series on how you can use subconscious language to sell bigger deals, sell more deals, and close faster. And you can get it absolutely free. Just text the word COMPEL, C-O-M-P-E-L, to 411-321. That's COMPEL, all in capital letters, C-O-M-P-E-L, to 411-321. We will get that right out to you. Please, when you get the text, remember to respond with your email because that's how we'll deliver it to you. If you're outside the United States and Canada, 
Canada, it's 909-741-1321. 909-741-1321 to get uh, Invisible Influence and other resources, if this has resonated with you at all. That's well, great. could you give us the, uh, the domestic or the U.S.-Canada number again? Yes. If this has resonated with you all and you think to yourself, you've got to have more, then it's 411-321 and text the word COMPEL. And, uh, I'm going to put this to our group so that way everybody can, uh, you know, anybody that wants to get in touch with you, uh, they can do so. Hey friends, this concludes another episode here of your Uncommon Lunchbox with your host, Chris Craddock, myself, Jeff Safright. Uh, Paul, we really appreciate having you on here. Uh, as he mentioned just a moment ago, text COMPEL to 411-321. If you're within the U.S. and or Canada, um, if you're outside of U.S. Uh, or Canada, text 909-741-1321. And again, text the word COMPEL there and uh, he'll get in touch with you. Uh, also, wherever you're listening to this podcast at, whether it be uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, wherever you're listening at, you know, drop us a five-star review. We'd much appreciate that. Also, reach out to me at 703-899-7270. One more time, 703-899-7270. We'd love to sit down with you, listen, uh, listen more about your business and how we can help you grow. We'll be back uh, next Tuesday, same time, same place. Until then, continue crushing. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com. 